Welcome to The Table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Today, today we wanted to talk about the tragedy Olympics. Um, a lot of you uh, might be able to guess why we selected this. And I wanted to, to open with um, just a quick reading from Galatians 6.2. The spirit of this section is, um, is doing good to all. So Galatians 6.2 reads as follows. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We are called to, to lighten the load, so to speak, to one another, before one another. So the Tragedy Olympics is a, is a phrase that's been coined to describe what happens when somebody one-ups um, horror or tragic circumstances with their own. Um, and so it, it's often done out of a, a desire to relate or to get a little bit of attention for their situation. And I, I can recall a time, especially when um, my youngest, well, not, not my youngest anymore, but um, Cyrus, many of you know Cyrus, and Cyrus's circumstances, but for those of you who don't, Cyrus has a, an extremely rare genetic disorder, and because of that, there are many things that don't work in his body. Um, one of those is his airway. So he had a tracheostomy when he was four months old, and um, and that also required for him to the assistance of a ventilator for breathing and oxygen and all of that that stuff. So I was in a, a social media group for support, and I remember, um, I remember one time, jokingly, I, I often use gallows humor to cope with situations that are difficult to deal with, and um, and so in this particular instance, I said that um, I was really thankful that I that Cyrus didn't talk back because at the time I was also parenting. One early or new teenager and two preteens and a six-year-old, <laughs> and and I was trying to overcome that overwhelming feeling of just having too many too many things going on and too many things that were stressful. And so I jokingly said I was I was thankful that Cyrus couldn't talk back, and 
I was inundated with responses from other parents who have children that also have tracheostomies or possibly also use ventilators or oxygen for breathing that, that I, I was insensitive and, um, and that it, it was rude of me to joke about that and they wished that they could just once hear their child speak. It's hard in that place because I understand their angst, you know, that, that grief of what could have been or what should have been. And earlier in this series, we, we learned about or we listened to um, the author read about that, that experience of loss for something that hasn't even happened, that, that, you, that you expect a certain outcome, particularly in instances where you have a child that has special needs, um, you have this idea or hope for the future that that reality kind of eliminates. Um, so if we take a look around, we, we see that struggle is real for everybody. What do you think about um, social media and how that how that influences this this knowledge? I'm gonna call it knowledge. I think we all understand that struggle is something that everybody deals with. So, social media is interesting, and I could talk ad nauseum about algorithms and stuff like that, but let's make it a little bit more personal. So, like with real life, your perception and your reality is largely groomed by what and who you surround yourself with, right? Mm -hmm. And social media is a, a microcosm of that. So, you know, we, have, we all have people in our lives that they choose to put a very optimistic, joyous, look how awesome my life is, look how put together everything in my life is. And their pictures and their posts and everything on social media largely portray that, right? You can be very selective with the uh, the reality you put forth to the world on social media. You only put out when your your, your family's doing really well, you know, that new gadget you got in the kitchen, um, that new uh, achievement at work, that great game that your kid played at, 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 at whatever sports ball game they might be <laughs> doing. Um, you can do that. We have other folks in our lives where it's pretty much the exact opposite. The um, internet for them, regardless of when they sort of started to use the internet, has become their personal rage diary, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're the place they go when they want to vent. And the other side of that is then it becomes their go-to, whether it's a, a, a little spat they've had with their spouse, an issue they've had with their kids, um, or even the more tragic things in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, hey, I just lost my grandma to X, Y, and Z, or, oh, hey, I got passed over at work uh, for this opportunity oh, yeah. because, you know, something happened or this other person outshined me in some way, fair or not. Um, and so to, to go back to the answer of that, sort of this idea that this knowledge of everyone's struggle and it being normalized um, is largely based on that world you create for yourself on social media because you can choose. You can choose to block or hide certain people and their comments, um, not only to your own posts, but what they put out there. You know, Facebook and other social media even have a take a break setting where you temporarily, for a defined amount of time, don't see their stuff. So you can choose and pick um, in social media that world you create for yourself. And if you're out there trying to, to the, the point of, of this uh, devotional, lighten people's loads, you know, you can choose to see 
people who are struggling and people you might be able to help. But to lighten your own load, you may choose, hey, I don't want to see that kind of negativity for a little while in my feed mm-hmm. or in my life while I, I work on myself. Well, and I think that it also holds like a, um, a what's the thing with the lens? Magnifying glass. Yeah. A magnifying glass to, to that shared struggle. This idea that I am not the only person who's ever lost a grandparent or I'm not the only person whose child has medical struggles or I'm not the only person that has gotten passed over at work. So there's this idea that that the things that we go through are things that many people go through and that our own small communities go through, that we don't have to suffer it by ourselves. Um, so if I think about a, a time when somebody I knew knew how to support me in my pain, I actually go back to my first date with you, Kenny. And, and this... <laughs> Yes, well, I mean, that's how you got to be here, Miles, so I guess you get it too. Not from the first date. He didn't no, the first, well, no, he wasn't there no. for the first date. No. That was, that would be awkward. <laughs> um, but no, the, our first date um, partly included a trip to Costco, which is very mundane, I know. But if you know me, you also know that I have post-traumatic stress disorder. And if you know Costco, you know that no matter what time of day you go, if it's open, it's packed. So at, at one point, we were getting ready to check out and I started having a panic attack. I started feeling the weight of the crowd around me. And Kenny put his hands over my hands and put his body between myself and and the largesse of the crowd and just told me to close my eyes and to breathe. Kenny did not know me, but he knew exactly what to do in that moment to help me to, to recenter myself and feel like I wasn't in a big crowd long enough for me to pick myself back up and go about the rest of the trip. Um, and, and if I had to say like that, that intuitive understanding of my needs is one of the many reasons I feel loved by Kenny. Um, but I think that that moment that says, I see you, I see where your struggle is, and I'm, I'm going to lift that for you so that you can breathe. Um, that, that's why it feels like love. I'd like to close today's devotional with, um, with a small prayer. So if you'll bow your heads with me, please. God, show me how to be a support to others in their pain. May my reaction never be to judge or compare or compete. Teach me, Lord, when I don't know the right thing to do or to say, but when I feel afraid or inept, empower me to follow through, to show up again and again with love and compassion and faithfulness. In Jesus' name and in your name, Lord. Amen. Amen.